Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. Hi, and welcome to Excel Radio. This is your health and high-performance expert, Dr. Nick Zarowski. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with an entrepreneur, Phil Randazzo. Phil has done everything from starting a medical billing company to being part owner in 44 different Subway stores. Now Phil spends a lot of time working with his project American Dream You, which is a nonprofit that helps the soldiers transition from military life to civilian life. And what he specifically does with American Dream You is teaches these soldiers how to become entrepreneurs, businessmen, or just get a regular job, whatever they need. So this episode is a lot of fun and super exciting, and I'm really excited to have Phil on the phone here with me today. Morning. All right. Well, it's great having you with us. So, you know, Phil, you're you're very successful entrepreneur by anybody's standards, really. And so can you start at the top uh, of, you know, how you got into business and where you came from and just really start and tell your story from, you know, the, the beginning of your career, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I was almost kind of forced into becoming an entrepreneur. I um, was not the best student. Uh, in fact, I was a horrible student, uh, barely made it into junior college and then barely made it into college. And so my first job was selling insurance at a hundred percent commission. And, uh, I wasn't all that good at that to be honest with you. And so with a three month old and a wife, I had, uh, uh, deliver newspapers at night and write parole and probation reports while my wife had a daycare in our apartment and then worked at the safe key in the school district. So I didn't quite fit real well. So I had to kind of figure it out. And so it was interesting. Uh, I went to uh, the library with my, with my kid and found a Dan Kennedy marketing book. I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Kennedy or yep. not, but, and all of a sudden the light bulb just went off and I'm like, you know what? I, I have to change the way I market and the way I work. And something I read in that book um, just kind of spurred me into becoming an entrepreneur. And so it wasn't, you know, a lot of people look and go, wow, you know, Phil, you're doing pretty well and you, you're able to, to do some great, you know, charitable work. But it was definitely not an overnight deal for sure. I mean, it was a painful, you know, 18 hours, a typical entrepreneur, 18 hour days uh, to get to where I'm at today. I still work hard. But, you know, I was kind of forced into it, to be honest with you. It was, it was a struggle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of people miss that the uh, the amount of work that it actually takes to get into that. People always look at your success as in, and they just see that little picture, but they don't really see what you did the 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 nights of no sleep, the not being able to necessarily care for your family because you weren't making enough money. People totally miss that picture all the time. Yeah, you know, I I, I wish I could say, and you know, I have an awesome wife. Been married for twenty four years, and she's awesome. But I I have a feeling if if I could read her mind, she probably would have lost faith in me several times and been like, just go get a job, right? And, and I think a lot of us, you know, we look back and we don't want to go through what we what we went through, but I think it's made us to where we are today. Um, to be honest with you, it would be a tough decision for me to go back and do what I had to do. 
Oh, right. I, you know, I look at my past <laughs> as far as like my education and stuff. And I just look at it and go, like, you couldn't pay me to do that again. Like it was just, there was so much misery involved with that whole process that like you literally could not pay me to do it. I would say, you know what, I'll find another way, but I would not do that again. Or if I would have known what I was getting into, like, you know, in the midst of it, I mean, they're, you're just like looking for a way out, but you keep trudging through. Right, right. Yeah, and that's I think that's true with, with being an entrepreneur. I mean, I mean, you went to what a decade of school beyond high school. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. brutal to me. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I said, you know, once you get so far in, it's like, well, how can I get out of this? But in the same hand, you're just like, I'm already in. I've dedicated this much of my life. I have, you know, tens of thousands, you know, hundred thousands, you know, uh, of. Uh, money put into this at this point like there's there's no way out and so as much misery as it might be trying to do something like that with a family and and all the other things that come with it it's you know once you're in you're in and there's nowhere to go but forward so well i have a question for you so i mean how do you i mean you you're you're in this process of you know becoming a, a medical doctor and your heart's not in it you know so what what would you tell people out there who are into a path that maybe they're not super excited about but they're kind of already they're kind of already in you know what I mean yeah well you know a lot of times what can happen is that you just kind of get stuck in like you just get stuck in the crap basically that is you know just part of the process of going through that so like you know when you decide you want to become who you ultimately want to be a lot of times like you don't really think of all the process it takes to go through that correct so what happens is that you, um, you, you get into it and then you're like, what did I do sometimes? And so I think that really you have to always stick to that end goal. Like I think it's easy when, when uh, times get tough to, to start losing your passion and want to take the easy route. And so I think you just really have to stick to your end goal and you really have to you know you remember who you wanted to be. And I think too that um, it's human nature. Like when when things get really hard, a lot of times we just want to go the opposite direction. And I knew that for me, like things were tough, and like I wanted to run in the opposite direction. But I was just like, man, I put so much effort into this. Like I need to do it for me. I need to do it for my family. And um, you know, you just have to keep trudging through. And I think too that it's really important to find things that get your head on straight. So, you know, whether it's, let's say like a Tony Robbins CD set, a really inspiring book, but you have to, you have to sometimes get out of that mindset that you're in. Like if you are stuck in that mindset and you can't get out, then, you know, you can become, you can really fall into a bad place. So always seeing the other side of that. Um, now for me, let's say, you know, when, once you're in the midst of, you know, testing for a week straight, testing all weekend, not being able to have time with your family, you know, your financials are beyond tight, um, you're putting yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. But what you have to look at in that case is like, and maybe even hang around some of these people that, you know, are already on the other side. And they're already, um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're making good money. When you're in a tough financial position, it's hard to see that you could ever make good money, right? Or, you know, they're happy. They're, they love taking care of patients. They love doing what they're doing. Like you have to see the other side of that. You always have to keep that bright future on, on your mind, basically. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes. That's, that's great. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, <clears throat> I've found so many situations in life where it's like, you just want to turn around and go the opposite direction. But like I said, you know, for me, it's, it's making sure you're, you're, you're really like planning your life a little bit too. Now I know you're part of strategic coach, right? I am. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm part of Dan's program. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so am I. So the thing is about that is like, you really have to, I mean, they teach you how to manage your life. So as an entrepreneur, you might go a million miles an hour every single day and eventually you just get lost in life. Right. But what they teach you is how to manage your life is in like, Hey, you need to take free days. You need to take rest time. You need to grab that book that you, you know, have been wanting to read. That's going to be super inspiring to you. Right. So they teach you not to get burnt out. It's the same type of thing, I believe. Yeah, and we're talking about Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. Right. Yep. So, yeah, for some that may not may not know who Dan is. So yeah, yeah. No, he he is. Um, you know, I've been in the program since '07, and then joined his U times ten, and and he's really helped guide me because you know we're we're both in a situation where we probably could one day say, you know what, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Dan's kept a lot of people and the work you're doing have kept a lot of people in the game, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's his systems. You know, his systems really teach you how to manage your business life, your business. And um, like you said, he keeps you in the game because he keeps your head on straight. And he actually like he he's like his thought processes that he teaches you that he's come up with over the years are just like worth their weight in gold. Like, you know, you could, I mean, let's say you go there for a year and you could get like, even though he's sharing tons and tons of great information, you could get one little nugget that could be like the biggest game changer. And that's how his stuff is. Like he just, you know, you get just overloaded, but there's always like, there's always something that's a huge game changer off of every event that you go to of his. Right. Right. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. Like, you know, jumping back into your businesses and these sorts of things. So, I mean, right now you, you have, I mean, over like over five different things you're involved with businesses. So, you know, you have the tech safe team, uh, tech safe for teens. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So uh, about four years ago, a buddy came to me with, with an idea, and it was basically uh, to solve his own problem. So I'm sure you don't do this, but a lot of people use their phones while they're driving. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just bad. It's, it's, you know, it's worse than drunk driving. I mean, uh, distracted driving, deaths are 14%. I mean, it's, it's a bad deal. So he came to me with an idea about you know, having an app that would, as soon as it detected motion, it would shut down all the functions of the phone. Okay. So, okay. You basically, your phone's a dead brick. You, you can't use it. Either be auto messages. So we quickly applied for a patent, which we got our, our patents approved, which which we were both shocked about. And uh, the same month he he brought this idea to me, uh, Doc is is my my youngest son's very very good friend was killed while she was using her cell phone. She was 16 years old. Wow. And just wow. going to a funeral with a whole bunch of high school kids and seeing this beautiful girl in this coffin. And seeing her parents, which, you know, I've got three kids, you know, I, I pray every day that I go before my kids go, I'd go crazy, was just something that just was um, just really important. And so we developed this app called Drive Safe Mode, um, which we've had about 110,000 downloads. Um, we're constantly improving it. And it's, it's just a total win-win. It just saves lives if people use it, right? It's like any right. other tool. Right. And so that's, you know, that and, and my military nonprofit are my two passions right now. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and we have another app that's, it's called school zone mode. And basically it does the same thing. As soon as the, the phone knows it's at school, it shuts down all the functions of the phone. So, 
you know, these days, you know, when I cheated back in high school, I had a little sheet of paper in between my legs and I wrote down, you know, different notes. Now these kids have cell phones that are sexting, right, right. they're cyberbullying. I mean, it's it's the biggest problem that schools are dealing with right now, our cell phones. So, yeah, that's that's a real focus of mine. Um, and then, of course, the military now. And I'm and I'm an uh, investor in other businesses. You know, I own uh, several with a partnership uh, subway stores. Um, which, which of course, Subway's had a really rough year. The co-founders passed away, and then you know our spokesman was uh, um, a complete idiot, and uh, he's lucky oh, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, lucky he wasn't. He was lucky he wasn't with my daughter because uh, <laughs> you wouldn't. You know all the military. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, uh, yeah. We probably shouldn't say this on uh, on your podcast with all these listeners, but yeah. So it's been a rough year for that, and that's a challenge too, right? I mean. I have nothing to do with that, but, you know, it's right. a reflection on your business. And so I think a lot of, you know, when things happen to entrepreneurs, and I've got some investments in another business. I still have my original business I started 21 years ago, which is kind of a self-managing company, right, to go along with, with the whole coach, mm -hmm. uh, strategic coach process. But, you know, looking back, and it's really easy to connect the dots looking back, it's real difficult going forward. All, all my successes were I brought in really good partners and good team members. Right, I mean, I, right. I think I think that's so critical. And going it alone um, to me is difficult. It can be lonely. It can be extremely stressful. No one knows what you're going through. And, and really, we we have certain talents. And I think I, my talents are so few. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if I have a talent. Uh, so, so you got to play off of your talents and just hire, you know, folks that just absolutely play at what you hate doing. And I think, you know, if you probably look, you probably feel the same way. Oh yeah, um, actually, as a matter of fact, um, there's. Uh, I was. I just watched a video the other day. Barbara Corcoran from uh, Shark Tank. She had a video that she did. Have you Have you seen that? Where she basically goes on and she's saying the most successful companies that she's been a part of or that she's invested in, they all had partnerships where, you know, there was there was two guys or whatever and one person was very good at one thing and his partner was the exact opposite of him and very good at very different things. And he's like, and she's just said together, if you have partnerships like that, you just make the most incredible team. It's just a powerhouse team. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. And there's, you know, there's the famous Y Combinator, um, that to get into, you have to have co-founders. You, you can't go in it alone. And you look at all the successful businesses that they're all, you know, multiple founders or at least two, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's really interesting because, you know, kind of like what we already talked about, you said, you know, you really had to grind out, you know, hours and hours of hard work when you were trying to start off. And like I said, a lot of people look at you, they're probably super successful. They, they see that you're super successful. And like, you know, what do you attribute that to? Is it your education? Is it your hard work? What would you attribute all of your hard success to? You know, I think it goes, you know, when I look back, um, you know, Charlie Tremendous Jones, uh, you know, has the saying, you know, you are the people you meet and the books you read. And I look back, and, and it was really that self-education. So it was really funny. So when I was selling insurance at 100% commission, I went in for this. I, I looked at some ad in a, in a paper, and there was a job. You know, make $25 an hour. So I applied for it, right, because I'm delivering newspapers making 6 bucks an hour, yeah. right, from midnight until 3 in the morning. <clears throat> and I walked in there, and it was selling fire extinguishers 
to businesses in these fire supplies. And the guy goes, oh, so tell me the last, you know, books you read. And I go, what are you talking about books I read? You know, I don't, I don't have time to read books. And he goes, well, you got to make time to read books. And he says, well, have you been trained as a salesperson? I said, oh, I work for this insurance company. And they're one of the top insurance companies. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? And I go, no, this was 20 some years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's like really uncommon, right? Right, right. You know, have you ever heard of Jim Rome? Have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? And I'm like, I've heard of, I think I've heard of Tony Robbins. And the guy's like, He's like, dude, just get out of here. He was he was somewhat polite about it, but he's like, until you learn self education and you, and you constantly want to improve yourself, he's just like, I don't need you. And you know, I was just, I was like, what do you mean you don't need me? Look at me, you know, I'm this great guy, you know. And I was more pissed that here's this commission job, but I could make money, and he didn't want me. Right. And so that was a, a big eye opener. And so I look back and I go, you know. I probably didn't have to work 20 hours a day or 18 hours a day or whatever it was. I just had to work smarter. And I, in self-education, I think is so important. And right in today, there's so much free stuff online. You don't even have to pay for it. Right. You know, so I would, I would say that's probably the biggest thing is, is, is just that click in the head, that self-education part. I mean, listen, I mean, you could download your, your podcast, right? You talk about listening to a great Tony Robbins. I mean, just listen to the podcast, I find tremendous value from and tons of ideas, right? And they're all free. Right. Oh, there's so much information out there. I mean, it's funny because as you talk about reading books and that I look to my right and I got a stack of books as high as the ceiling <laughs> that like, you know, I mean, it's just the same thing. It's like just trying to better yourself and, and, um, I, I there's some different businessmen out there like they attribute all their success to book reading like they just fly through books they're like yeah i do i read three books a week i skim three books a week or whatever so so it's just um you know always self-educating yourself is where you're finding that you know that's probably some of the biggest pieces to the puzzle of your success yeah totally and and i think you know like like strategic coach i mean it's not a cheap program right And a lot of these workshops and seminars, you know, I've been to probably a handful this year. They're not cheap. I mean, I, I've invested a lot of money in, in myself. And so I think, you know, kind of the young entrepreneur starting off who may have to put that workshop or course uh, on a credit card, right, or stretch it out. I think that's really important that they make that investment. But equally important is another realization I had was then I got the self-education bug. Doc, and then all of a sudden I was buying every single program out there. And guess what? They were sitting on my shelf and I did nothing with them. Yeah. You know, my wife's like, how much was that one? I was like, oh, that was uh, only $397, but it came with nine bonuses worth $8 million. And she's like, why don't you like pick them up? Yeah. Right. And take some action on them. And so I think it's really important that whether you read a book, uh, unless it's just uh, you know kind of an enjoyable type of book, which occasionally I think is important, you got to take action. No, I agree. You know, uh, you're you know Steve Sims, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So at uh, the last event I was at with Steve, it was funny because uh, we were riding in the car back to the airport together, and he said to me, and you know, he kind of basically asked, like, what are you going to do with the knowledge you got from this? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm going to put it in action. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know. You know, Steve, like it was like a dad figure to me. And he's just like, I'm going to tell you right now that if you came out here and you put that money into this event and you don't use it, you really did yourself and not yourself only, your family a disservice. He's like, 
you took money out of your family's pocket that you could have taken them on vacation. You could have bought your daughter this. You could have done that. And I'm like, holy cow. And I'm like, so he really like just turned on a light bulb. And, and, and you know, I was like, wow, he's so right. And, and how many people actually go and they get these programs and it's just really a, a just complete hopefulness out of them that they're going to use the information and um, apply it well. But, uh, yeah, Steve said that to me and I'm just like – I mean, it was so funny because that like 20 minute car ride or whatever I had with him, I was just like, I just like had to think about it the rest of the night. I was like shocked. <laughs> yeah, Sims is, uh, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with Sims. So he, he's one of our speakers and we got to get you out. I, I just wrote down a note. We got to get you out, uh, whether it's Bragg or Benning or, or one of these bases. But Steve has spoken a couple times and so I've gotten to spend you know, one of the one of the benefits I had no idea about, and I know we're going to talk about the uh, American Dream U program, is I get to hang out with amazing entrepreneurs, and not just for five minutes or thirty minutes or an hour. I get to spend two or three days with them. So spending yeah. two or three days with Sims can be exhausting, right? I mean, the the dude is uh, yeah. he, he's crazy, and he sends me just crazy stuff all the time. And um, uh, he's a really really good guy, and he's got a huge heart, and. Mm -hmm. But so, so hanging around with all these amazing entrepreneurs, you know, there's a, a big common denominator, right? Um, they all have morning rituals, which I'm not great at that, you know, uh, and I'm working, I'm working, you know, towards a better morning ritual. They all are constant learners. I mean, they're just, they're great listeners. They want to know, you know, Phil, why did you, I mean, they're asking me a ton of questions. Why did you start this? And how'd you, were you able to assemble this and how, you know, this and that. And so they're constantly learning. Mm -hmm. They don't watch a whole bunch of TV, right? Right. right. You're right. They're not going to sit down and watch, you know, 40 episodes of Game of Thrones. Right, um, right. You know, they're going to they're going to use their time wisely. And I, I keep seeing these patterns of successful entrepreneurs. And then I see people like some of my buddies um, that I went to college with in high school, and they've got decent jobs, right? They're making a decent income, and then they're watching, you know, eight football games on Saturday and eight football games on Sunday, and they're, you know, they've got Netflix on, you know, their cell phones, right? And they're not. I don't see that, you know, they're kind of in the gap, right? If we want right, to use another right. coach phrase and the gap to me is really dangerous. Oh, it's yeah. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be like hanging out with Sims for like a month on an Island. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so I think, yeah, there you go. Right. And so, uh, it, it's just, it's very important that you got, you're either, you're either moving forward or you're moving down. Right. right, and, right. And, and doing nothing, to me as, and so as an entrepreneur, you know, when I start these businesses, you know, I had a medical billing company and, uh, just briefly to talk about that. I, I was fortunate. I had a little bit of money. So I was loaning money to physicians. I'm like, doc, I go, you're making, you got, you know, you got all this patience and you're seeing 40 patients a day. What's going on with your cash flow? Oh, well, my billing person's not that great. And I'm like, well, who's your billing person? Well, it was my nurse who became my office manager who now does my billing. And I'm like, that's like the most important thing you're doing here besides patient care is you got a bill. And so I started this company um, called Capital MD, which I no longer have. And what I did was I advance paid the doctor in advance of when they collected. So whatever they bill from the first day of the month to the 14th day of the month, the doctor got paid in full on the 15th. Wow. And then wow. the 15th to the 31st, they got in paid in full. So I started this in 2000. And back in those days, the average receivable was 80 days. Right, because you had paper billing and it wasn't electronic, and you did something wrong. And so I found this little this little niche of, and doctors were like, "Oh my gosh, I get paid average of seven days." 
mm-hmm. right? You're right. And I gave reportable stuff. And so it was, it was a real successful, one of my bigger wins I've had, but it was just kind of searching out and finding a need. But every about four to five years, um, I get totally bored, right? And I don't know if you're the same way, which can also be dangerous. And right. so I come up with a whole bunch of ideas and probably 98% of my ideas are just horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible, right? I think they're good. Yeah. In some businesses I start, see on my website, I don't list all my failures, right? Yeah, that's should, good. That's I'm, smart. Yeah, I should probably have a page. I'd have to have you know pages and pages and pages. But um, you know, I think that's... You know, I think as entrepreneurs, we get bored and that's, and that's dangerous too. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think it, it happens to a lot of people. I mean, that's a, even Dan Sullivan says, you know, every entrepreneur has ADD, right? He's like, I've never met an entrepreneur without, a, without ADD. So it's like, you know, you're always looking for something new and, and it, it's, I think the reason that it's dangerous to get bored with something is because sometimes like that something really needs you to keep doing the hard, heavy lifting on it. And then you get bored with it and you're just like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to work with it anymore. But you can make it very successful, but it just takes a lot more work still. And if you're bored with it, then you don't want to go work hard on it. So it just becomes right. like this whole this whole issue. And uh, yeah, it, it can be difficult, you know. And, th- and that's why when you said, you know, you're talking about morning rituals or we're talking about strategic coach, it's about planning. It's about um getting your mind right, you know, with the morning rituals, if you're meditating or whatever, you're, you're, you're taking that little bit of time in the morning, you're going to focus in on what you want to do for the day. Um, you, you really are just taking that time to, I mean, draw a map for the day. And that way, once you have that blueprint of what you're going to do for that day, like you go and you do it. If you just go in the morning and you just start, you know, bouncing like a pinball in every direction, then a lot of times you lose focus on what you're going to do. And, and, you know, your emotions might actually take the better of you. And if you're tired of a project or you're just sick of it, you might avoid that all day. But if you thought about it in the morning and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to tackle this thing, then, um, you're going to do it. You're going to make sure you found time for it and you're going to make it happen. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so what I started doing, and I heard this from a lot of people is just tackle that really tough, difficult, most important thing first. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you know, I'm going to be done with, you know, speak. To you and I'm and then you may turn me in another direction, turn me in another direction. And if I didn't wake up early this morning and get a couple things that were really important for the day. So no matter what happens with my day, I, I would be in big trouble. Right. Exactly. That's what I was actually, you know, I, I wrote an article the other day, a blog post for, I don't even think it's up on the website yet, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the early bird club. Basically it's like, you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you knock out those tough projects that you really eh, more or less might not want to work on. <laughs> so, and, and how to go about doing that. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So you have a couple books. Can we talk about your books? And um, one of them is uh, Funding Your Bigger Future. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? And then we'll talk about Shark Talk, your other book. Yeah, sure. So, so one of my businesses, I do, I do some financial planning work and I, I teach at UNLV. And, and the book is it's kind of a parable uh, about a guy and his daughter. And they meet all these really interesting people and successful people. And then 2008 happens. Right. And so, you know, Tony Robbins talks a lot about this, you know, winners, you know, there are winter seasons and if you're not prepared for them and, and, and my feeling is, you know, I was okay with 2008. I was nervous. I was, but I had very little debt 
you know, I didn't have a $200,000 car sitting in my driveway. It's a $5,000 lease payment, right? I'm not against that, but I didn't have those kind of things. I, I lived, I lived very comfortably, but some people just, when times were good, they thought they were never going to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. And I live in Vegas and the real oh, estate yeah. market was the hottest market on the planet, right? People were buying homes and flipping them every month and making a ton of money. And I kept saying, you know, take a little off the table. And so I wrote this book basically, and, and they're all stories of people I worked with who just didn't make great decisions. And so, um, so I wrote that, and you know, that's you know, the bigger future is part of Dan's whole deal. And so Dan was cool. He's like, hey, you know, we talk about coach, and you know, I even have a chapter in there, uh, doc about health, mm-hmm. because you know, and I know, there are some really successful people who have who health is like ninth on their list. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. First is making money. Right. I, I gotta keep I gotta keep making money, keep making money. And you and I know as successful as you and I are or people think or whatever you want to say, there's someone yeah. with more money, there's someone with more toys, you know, and, and just health is so important. You know, I lost my dad three years ago and he would have given anything for his health. Right. right? You know, I mean what would Steve Jobs have paid to to be here today or Steve Wynn to have his eyesight or, you know, all these people. And so I, I wrote a chapter on, it's a very short chapter, but I think it's so important. And I know that's a, that's a big uh, mission of yours as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh that's a huge mission. I work with a lot of people and, uh, you know, very, very successful people. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you get some people that they want, they, they see what I do and they want it, but then when they realize they have to put some effort into it, like they're out the door about as fast as they came in. And it's sad because these same people, you know, they, they have the money, they have this, but their 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 body is, you know, just slowly decaying basically. And, um, you know, it it's last on their list. They just don't care. And um, I, I try to you know, not to like scare people, but I try to paint their future for them a little bit just so they know so that they can see it's like, hey, one in two people die of heart disease. If you haven't been putting any attention into your heart or you haven't tested your heart um, and do some of the different things I do, you know, it, it's something you might want to look into. I Like if, if you see that one in two people are dying of heart disease at a young age, you want to pay attention to it, right? And so you get people like that and then you get, um, you know, they have the money, they don't want to put the effort into it and then you get some other people and it's like top of their list. So it really depends. There's so many different uh, people on how they view health but um, but yeah, it's something you want to pay attention to. I mean, of course I think about it every day. Of course I watch it and everything I eat and that type of thing but uh, I really think that a lot of people who are missing out on that should. It's like what do you – to me, it's almost like, what are you doing? Like, why are you worried about creating this business and, and making this, you know, wealth for your family? You're not even going to be around to enjoy your family if you're not taking care of yourself. And so, uh, I, I think it's maybe just skewed goals for some people. Um, I, I just, like I said, I can't figure out how somebody would ever think, you know, let's go and make all this money, let's do this. But you know, you know darn well what your fate is going to be if you're not taking care of yourself. So, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and, and I think it's Jim Rome saying is what's easy to do is easy not to do. Mm-hmm. So even taking that walk after a meal, right, right. or right. even eating, um, you know, my son's really into this holistic lifestyle, and he, and he worked in the city of Chicago, and he's like, Dad, he's like, people go and microwave their food, which is horrible. Yeah, They sit in front of their computer and work while they're eating, which is horrible, right? They're sedentary 
all day. They don't move. They walk to the train. That's as much walk as they get. And he's like, and I see these people and you can phys- you know, physically see they're not healthy. And he's like, right. and I don't even right. think they care or they notice. Right. And no. I that's, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are. And so, you know, for, for all those that are listening, you're never going to have enough money, right? You're never going to have as much wealth as, as somebody else. And I'm not saying that to not you know want to create all that stuff, but man, take care of your health for your family's sake, and um, you know painting the picture. I think is so important. What you say, Matt. I, I see my vision as hanging out with my grandkids. I don't have grandkids. At least I don't know I have grandkids yet. <laughs> <laughs> I better check on that. But uh, you, you know, it's I want to be around to enjoy it. Right. You know? Oh, right. Exactly. exactly. And, it, and it's serious. It, it's more serious now. Than, more than ever, I believe. It, it, you know, like for instance, my wife. She has two uncles that have just super young age um, died of heart failure. Um, you just see it all the time. And, and when I work with some of my health participants that are in their, let's say, in their fifties or even their late forties, like they're like, "Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just had this guy that I knew that you know had this issue, and they're seeing all their friends drop off around him. And so some people, the like. I think that a lot of people live in a bubble and it could be the bubble of the United States. But even when you travel in other countries, you see that they don't eat they, they don't eat microwave food all day and drink Coca-Cola and these things like it's it's you know, it's it's a very poor lifestyle that people have gotten into. And the worst part is is when it comes to cancer and these heart problems, like these things are so preventable. I mean, I got research sitting on my desk right here that says cancer is a preventable disease based on lifestyle. You know, it's like a 10 page document. So um, it's totally, totally preventable. And yeah, you just got to take action. You just got to do something about it. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. uh, But you have to take proactive steps every single day. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that report, and I, and I think probably a lot in that report talks about stress, right? How do, yeah, stress is a big one. Body, yeah, how does the body handle stress? I think a lot of things are tied back to stress, and you know, in the long run, things that we worry about today are like not even an issue, right? I mean, it doesn't right. even happen, you know. And our mind goes crazy, and we and we think of all these worst scenarios. You know, oh, someone's going to steal my idea, or someone's going to do this, or my partner's going to take off, and. Oh, what's my wife doing? You know, all these things, and, and most of them never happen. And that stress on our body, I think, is so important. And so I started meditating because that was the, one of the common denominators of all these speakers. Are like, man, it's. I'm like, how do you have 20 or 40 minutes a day to meditate? And he looks at me like, how do you not have 20 minutes a day? He's like, yeah. wake up earlier. Yeah. You know, I could tell the guy wanted to punch me in the face and go like, what are you, an idiot? Yeah. You know, <laughs> even earlier. You know, it's yeah. not that it's not that big of a deal, and and I can tell my stress level and my blood pressure and mm-hmm. everything just calms down. Right. And so I, I'm not you know saying one meditation is better than another, but I think quiet you know quieting your mind is right. really important. Well, I think it's more important more today than ever before, and I'll tell you why is because we have like everything bombarding our our brains that like it's ridiculous between email and text and phone calls and you know the schedules and like it just doesn't stop and so um you know as even when as i when i was going through school that was a really big thing for me in order to calm my mind like when i would take days where i needed to study for boards or something it was like the cell phone's off the computer is going to be shut down and like you almost just have to like restrict yourself and the same thing goes with you know any entrepreneur you should kind of look into the same type of thing if you really want to have good focus days like they teach you um in strategic coach but um 
you know, like you just gotta, you gotta take that time to quiet your mind. You have to quiet your mind somehow anymore. Um, especially if you're, if you're one of the people who are, you know, responding to texts as soon as they roll in or Facebook, whatever, uh, you got, you gotta quiet the chatter. Oh, without a doubt. And it's like, you know, it's, my cell phone has become such an annoyance now. I mean, I keep it at vibrate 95% of the time. And, you know, I think I'm pissing off, you know, some people cause I'm not sitting there responding immediately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because it's, you know, I got to the point where I would hear that ding or that notification yeah. and I would get this like little anxiety attack. Yeah. Right. And I don't yeah. know if some of your patients have that or if you've had that and I'm like, oh, this has got to end. And you know what? For emergencies, I get that. You know, like Dan doesn't even keep a cell phone. No one has his number, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so that has been a huge thing for me is just putting my cell phone away for hours at a time. And you know what? No one really cares about me anyways, so I'm not that important. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I wish I, could, I wish I could be important. You know, it's like people now, they, they put a Facebook post or an Instagram and they're like, how many likes do I have? How many likes do I have? I'm like, no one even cares about me. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that we kind of—it's probably just through advertising. I mean, you gotta you gotta make your phone important if you're gonna sell it. So I think probably just through advertising, we we we've been conditioned to believe that like every text that rolls in or email that rolls in is like you know alarming and like we just need to get to it right away. I mean, think of the days where it's like, well. You know, there wasn't a cell phone, so if you're gonna, if you had to get a hold of somebody, you either had to have a landline for one, or, or they just had to wait. You know, and now it's like we have a thought that pops in our head, and it's like oh, I got to tell that person now, and it, it's just this whole, it's really a bunch of nonsense for the most part. And I know exactly what you're talking about about the anxiety popping in because, like, when you're super busy and you get a text, you're just like, oh crap like who wants what now you know and so this anxiety like immediately pops up and you're just like i don't want to tolerate whatever this is and then you look at it's like oh it's nothing but you know a lot of times it's just yeah the anxiety starts coming and it just becomes uh it just becomes frustrating yeah yeah so put away your cell phone even if it's for a few hours and and you know like i tell my kids i'm like oh what are you doing okay two kids in college and one just graduated and they're like oh i'm i'm studying i'm like well how long have you been studying oh 6 hours and i'm like why did you just pick up your cell phone yeah right i'm yeah. like are you studying with your cell phone next to you well yeah i got to know what's going on this week and i go you know <clears throat> our minds can't switch as quick as quick as we think mm-hmm. and to get back on task and to back on focus you probably know this better than anybody it takes minutes right to get mm-hmm. refocused once you're on your phone and then when you see one message it leads to another message and I'm like just put away your phone and just focus for that time but I don't think especially the younger generation doc, I don't think they can do that right well and that's why I was telling you like when I was studying for boards and all that it's like just a text from somebody throws you off for five minutes it could be it could be the simplest little yes or no answer you might have to put through but it's just taking your mind off of that task you were doing it throws you off for at least five minutes and and then when you know they keep coming it keeps throwing you off and, and, and you know I know so many people that they go throughout their day and they're just they don't want to accomplish anything at the end of the day they just don't accomplish a lot they you know yeah they did a million things but like did they really accomplish a really solid goal that's going to move the needle and most of the time um, people can't say that they did and so if you really want to accomplish important goals that are going to move the needle in your life and not just you know get you through life it it takes focus it takes um, you really have to manage your time wisely yeah yeah I wrote a really short book called the focused edge how to get 
uh, crap done. I didn't use the crap word. I used the S word. <clears throat> and it just gives some really practical tools that I I used, right, to get stuff done. And a lot of it is all these distractions, right, all these multiple windows up on, you know, like I'll, I'll walk by a team member and they'll have like 15 tabs open. I'm like, what what 15 things could you possibly be working on? Oh, yeah. well, you know, like notifications. I go, have one tab open, right? Yeah. Maybe two, your calendar if you need to quickly get at it. But all these distractions are, are absolutely horrible. And I, and I think you're right. This, this younger generation, they're getting cell phones at 8, 9, 10, 11. They got iPads. You know, parents, you know, when I was young, they used to, you know, because I'm I'm much older than you. I'm in my mid forties, but they used to, you know, we were excited for cartoons on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our, our TV time. And you know, when you drove, you actually had to talk to your kids cause they didn't, we didn't have TVs in our cars, yeah. right? Or cell phones. And I see parents now at restaurants and I'm not knocking parents who do this, but they literally stick a, a Wi-Fi iPad in the kid's lap, which we can talk about all the dangers of having Wi-Fi on our body uh, for the amount of hours. And they just have them, entertain their kids and I'm like going so these kids are going to grow up and I know there's neuroscientists now that are talking about the dangers of this and so for for parents out there that that have kids that throw it again I I get the fact that you know kids can get a little irritated or whatever if they're not busy but sticking a wi-fi cell phone in their lap and having them watch youtube videos all day is is probably doing way more damage than than we can imagine Right. And it's one of those things where we don't really know yet. We don't know the damage. Now, we know that their brains aren't going to develop the same. They're not going to, you know, have the same IQ as a kid who actually got out, got his hands dirty and played with things and touched and felt and and uh, climbed trees. But <clears throat> but uh, as far as like the Wi-Fi and stuff, we don't know the long term effects of that sort of thing. But uh, they're definitely there. <laughs> you know, they're definitely there. So let's jump into Shark Talk. What is that book of yours about? Yeah, so you know, I I, I get pitched um, pretty occasionally, and and I invest in some business, and and I see these people come in and pitch their ideas, Doc, and they're just they don't know how to pitch, mm-hmm. they don't know how to talk to people, whether it's their uncle asking for money or a VC or an angel investor, and so I just kind of wrote a fun book, and it's kind of a spinoff on on Shark Tank, and I think it's a, a great show. I think a lot of people should watch that. I, think I love a lot it. Of, yeah, yeah, it's great, and the. And The Profits, another great show I highly encourage people to watch. Marcus Limonis, who's, you know, we've been trying to get him out to speak and his schedule is um, with his shooting, but he's definitely on board. He loves our mission. So it's, it's a spinoff on that. It's just basically just a fun book to, to teach people how to pitch. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, as investors, and, and I'm, I know you're an investor in business, it's, you know, right now we're worried about the return of our money, right? right? Not as much as the return on our money. And so just simply show somebody how they're going to get their money back. Right. Right. Or there's going to be so much growth and the, the equity portion of it is, and you know, and everyone thinks they have the next Uber or the next Snapchat or the next widget. And, um, sometimes that's just not the case. It's like the ugly baby syndrome. And mm-hmm. I talked about that in my funding your bigger future book. It's like everyone thinks they have this business and they're going to sell it one day for millions of dollars. And that's a, such a small percentage. Yeah. And so our babies often are ugly, and mm-hmm. we don't know. And so uh, that's it's just a fun book. On um, there's a lot of great techniques that I interviewed a lot of people who invest in companies. I'm like, what are your top four things you're looking for? Yeah. And so I took those and just kind of meshed them in, in within the book. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That sounds great. I love that show, and that's pretty cool because. 
it always surprises me when people come onto that show and sometimes they're so bad at pitching. It's like, wow, you actually even had like prep time to like prep for being on the show and you're still so bad at it. So no, that's pretty cool. That's an interesting book. I'm going to have to read that one. It sounds really fun. And then let's talk about, I know the, probably the project you're most passionate about right now. And that is, uh, probably the project that you're doing that I'm most passionate about. I think it's super, super cool. I'm really excited about it, but American dream you. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've had this private foundation for over 12 years and the first 10 years were focused on helping the wounded, their families. These guys are coming back. Uh, some of them in real bad physical shape. And then as the, as the war started to, to draw down, there was, um, a good friend of mine who I met as a colonel is now a three-star army general. I said, Hey, what, you know, what can I do? Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing as many guys in the hospitals and meet you know, their homes fit. And he says, you know, for some, the transition isn't going as well as it could be going. And so I'm like done. So I assembled a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. My very first event, I had meet Seti, uh, Ben Hugh from cheeseburger, uh, Forrest Griffin, the UFC fighter, Maury Gallagher, the CEO of Allegiant Alliance. And we all went up and we spoke to, uh, Fort Lewis to JBLM and they were like the light bulb was going off the same light bulb that went off for me and so we've done 11 bases um, in the last two years including the Pentagon which uh, Steve Sims got invited to speak at the Pentagon he's he's still talking about that and uh, I mean what, what a cool deal right yeah to to absolutely work. I saw his pictures from there oh he posted like a, a bazillion of them right yeah. right um, I think he thinks he has a key now to the Pentagon. I don't know if there's a key, but, um, you know, Sims, he's, he's very good at, uh, at promotion. And so that's really my passion is bringing guys like you in. And we've had some amazing entrepreneurs come and I don't pay these people to speak. They come because they feel the same way you feel is that, you know, if I was born in the Ukraine or in Cuba or in North Korea or in Venezuela, all these other countries, it'd be really difficult to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And to have our success, you know, I, I met a girl in my office from Columbia. Came here, she was nineteen. She's thirty-one. She started off as a dishwasher. Now she's the manager of this thing, and she's like, "This is the greatest country in the world," mm-hmm. right? And so I, I feel I never served. I'm not a veteran. I did look into it after nine eleven. Uh, I was medically disqualified. I even tried being an air marshal. Didn't get into being an air marshal. And then I also looked into being a border patrol agent on the northern border and Canadian. You know, keep all those crazy Canucks yeah. uh, under our country. <laughs> None of them. I mean, I, my, my legs from playing college sport are, are an absolute mess. But this was just a very small way for me to, uh, to get back. And <clears throat> as Dan would say, don't say get back, but just to kind of to kind of pay it forward to, mm-hmm. to the things. And so it's just been, I mean, we've, we've affected thousands of lives, not we, but, but the speakers, you know, giving them different ideas of what they could do after they get out of the military. Yeah, that's awesome. So you take you you bring in speakers that are successful entrepreneurs. You help them transition from military life to civilian life, and also teach them how to uh, start up a business and become an entrepreneur if that's their goal, or even get a job if they're just looking to get into the job market. Correct? Yeah. So for some, I mean, you know, we go there, and, and probably seventy percent of our day is talking about being an entrepreneur. Thirty percent is how do you find that job because Doc, you can't just send out resumes these days. No. Right? It, that doesn't work. Mm. And so how do you get through all the noise of the HR person? So we teach different techniques techniques, and different strategies and coffee talks and all that kind of stuff, salary negotiation, stuff that um, the military does a good job. And I think there's a few things that, that we add value to. 
And so we spend a weekend at the base, and then we don't just leave because they all get excited. You know, it's like Jerry Maguire, how he gets that vision and he's up writing a mission statement all night, right? Yeah. He gets so we we literally get people saying, "I couldn't sleep last night because I thought I knew what I wanted to do, and now I, you know, listening to this." And we've even had there's one speaker I won't mention his name who's got this great job who's a uh, was in the military, and he's like, I have to be. I, he's been. To, he's spoken at a handful of events. He's like, I got to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting listening to these speakers, and I have to go do this on my own. Yeah, and and then we yeah, and then we have ten weeks of online programming. We do meetup groups. Okay. Also, so it keeps them engaged as a group, and then um, if they want a mentor, they can do a mentor call once a week uh, with a mentor, and so it holds them accountable. You know, we all get stuck, right? I mean, I think you and I would consider Dan a mentor. Mm-hmm. Some of these other ones, and so you know, as as the level uh, that you're at, and, and you know, I'm slightly below you. <laughs> there's, uh, you know, we need mentors. We need people to bounce stuff off, and so we do that, and then we come back uh, to these bases probably a couple times a year, and we do a Shark Tank type event where these soldiers and spouses pitch their ideas to us, and so we've had 19 people pitch their ideas. And uh, some of them are hobbies, right? And but how awesome would it have been if you and I, when we started our business, had a panel of amazing entrepreneurs coaching us on our business? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a fun thing. And then we ask them to come back and be mentors and facilitators, so it keeps them in that military loop. And so this is man, Doc. I, this is I'm so passionate about this. It's just awesome, and it's it's really what makes this thing awesome. Is again, no one cares about me or what I've done because it's such a minor thing, but right. all the entrepreneurs I bring, it's just they're, they bring such incredible value and, and they get to spend the day with the soldier uh, the day before they speak. Mm-hmm. So they get to play soldier, do PT in the morning and, you know, Sims, you know, waking up doing PT in the morning is awesome, right? Or any of these other people, um, Ari Mizell, who's, who's coming back to speak again and, and a few other folks. And so they really get to see what these young men and women do on a yeah. daily basis for our country, and they're sh- they're shocked. They're like, "Oh my, how old is this kid?" Oh, he's twenty one. This guy manages a team of fifteen, and he's twenty one, right? Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, you you've worked you've worked with a lot of people in the military, and so it's just it's just such a cool program. And we actually took our, our first donation. Uh, Dan Sullivan recognized us as as the game changer of the year. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, I saw it on your website. It's incredible. Yeah. And made a huge donation, and, and more more than the money is the fact that Dan Sullivan, who I think is one of probably the top entrepreneurial trainers, entrepreneur on the planet, who really does what he what he teaches, had you know um, saw something in what we were doing to be able to help support us, and so we're just going to make such a big impact with uh, with those funds, and it's just awesome. We, we got to get you out to an event like soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. I'm I, I'm excited about working out with them. Actually, that'd be that's what I'd be so excited about too. So that's really cool. So with the Shark Tank, I got a question about that. The Shark Tank style forums you do. Do you actually have investors there, or do you? Um, is it more or less you? They pitch it, and then you tweak them on how they could make their business better. Yeah. So so we we actually do have people that that would definitely write checks for a business idea for sure. We probably had one, maybe two investable ideas, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're constantly working with those groups and tweaking. You know, again, it's it's someone thinking that, you know, they have this awesome idea. And when you run through the numbers, you're like, you know, on your very best day, you're going to make about 80 bucks. Yeah. Right? And they're like, well, yeah. 
And we're like, that's not a business. Yeah. Right. You got to pay somebody to make that 80 bucks. You got to, you know, there's pay, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, but there have been a couple that we're working with right now that, um, I haven't decided whether I'm going to personally invest in them because I don't know if there's a conflict with that, um, with the 501c3, but we definitely have people on board and we just opened up an, an incubator here in Las Vegas called mission startups where veterans can come in. If they have a business idea, work for free, all the overheads covered, Wi-Fi, we got them in a board room here with a big whiteboard, and then they get coaching meetings once a week in Vegas, and then we're going to try to have partnerships across the country uh, to help these guys along with their business. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, the work that you're doing is fascinating, and um, and that's going to help so many stinking people. And so very, very fascinated. I love it. I'm looking forward to actually coming out onto the base and speaking and working out with these guys and, of course, you know, offering them support in any way I can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bright future there. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, so you got an event coming up that's supporting the military, don't you? Yeah, we have an event. It's, uh, it's going to be October 1st, and it's at the Detroit Gun Club. And uh, it's – all proceeds of the event are uh, going to the Bob Woodward Foundation. Bob Woodward is actually flying in from China to be at the event. Um, it's going to be a huge event. Tons of great people there. What it is, it's, it's a, a turkey shoot or a clay pigeon shoot. Um, sometimes when I say ter- turkey shoot, some people actually think they're going to come yeah. there and shoot turkeys. I had to clear that up a few times. So um, like a, a, a clay target shoot. Um, and um, it's all going to be put on by uh, Real and Smoke. Uh, it's an outdoors brand, so um, that's just focused on supporting the military for one, but also just you know having you know uh, just loving America and loving the outdoors and, and really taking us back to some of our grassroots as Americans. So um, Real and Smoke is the one putting the whole event on. Uh, it's going to be absolutely incredible, and uh, you're probably going to see it on TV. There's tons of media coverage coming out for it, and. Um, like I said, Bob Woodward, he's basically a, you know, kind of a celebrity. So when he, he comes in, uh, people want to be there and people want to see him. So uh, it'll be on TV and it's going to be on the radio everywhere too. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a huge event. And I think that, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is only the, the first time that we're doing it. I mean, we have tremendous sponsorships from, you know, uh, Chevy and, and some of these other places. So we have tremendous sponsors that are coming in. And uh, next year, I can't imagine, like, it's going to be such a tremendous event next year if it's already where we're at this year with the whole thing. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, congratulations on all that. Yeah, yeah. And so, like I said, all proceeds are going to support uh, soldiers with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's going to help a lot of people, and it's a great cause. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. And and your Real and Smoke is um, just a great business and uh, cool stuff going on there. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's actually a fun website. I mean, people want to spend time on that website. At least I wanted to spend time on that website. Yeah. Oh, people love it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a company focused around just like, you know, having a lot of fun, you know, the whole concept is fun. And, um, and, and then not to mention proceeds from the company. I mean, it's, it's supporting such a great cause. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just really, I, you know, the whole thing was dreamt up in order of like, how, how can we have a good time and how can we support the military and uh, the men and women who actually go out and fight to keep this country a free country? So uh, that's 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 the concept right there, and that's what we came up with, and that's real and that's, smoke. 
So, well, Phil, it was great talking to you. Like I said, super excited about partnering with you in the future and I appreciate you coming on and showing, uh, sharing this information on the podcast. Awesome. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. All right. Take care. Don't forget to check out my brand new website, newvisionexcel.com. Well, it's not really new, but it's been rebuilt with a ton of amazing new features. You can go on there and read blog articles from uh, topics like the health benefits of eating pumpkin to mindful meditation. You can also go on there and post in the comments section and start a, start a great conversation about an article that you like. The other thing that you can do is you can listen to this podcast and all the other great podcasts as well. And there's tons of other things as well. Check it out. I hope you enjoy it. If you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.